the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. Today's roundtable discussion, the importance of community. All right, I, I, we all, we're all in, in jerseys, as you can tell, um, and, and that was planned. It was not an accident, and um, I thought it would be kind of fun to do that because we're all up here and we're part of a team, and here's what is going to happen. We're going to have a discussion today, and it's going to be similar to what maybe might happen in a small group setting, in an anchor group setting, and the idea is that we're going to bring up a topic and kind of just discuss it. Nothing that we're going to share today has been planned to the T. We've talked about a couple different topics and where we would go, and we've had some direction, but we want the Lord to kind of lead this time, and if we, if we, get, if we tackle, to use a pun, pun intended, um, if we tackle everything, awesome. If we don't, that's fine too, but that's kind of how our small groups are as well. If a discussion leads in a certain way, uh, and it takes up the majority of our time, and it, and it feels like that's where God wants it to go, then that's awesome. That's great. We don't have to get every single question in. Um, and so the idea also is that this is, we, we like to say in, in small groups that, that circles are better than rows. When we can get together and we can hang around like in a tailgate, we can talk and everybody's a part of the conversation and it's not just me talking to a bunch of people sitting in, a, in rows uh, because you guys aren't really talking to each other, but up here, it, it's, there's a conversation and if you were a part of the conversation, it would, it would feel that way as well. That didn't come out as clearly as I want it to be, but I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Um, but, but I wanted to touch on this first because uh, I, I said, hey, let's do jerseys. I'll get jerseys for everybody. Uh, and I wasn't really planning on doing numbers. for. I was going to have us all have the same number. We were all going to be un, you know, uniform, but with the same number. And, um, and I, asked, I asked Pop, I asked you for your size. And, uh, and, you, and, and you gave me your size. And then five minutes later, said 81. And, so what I th- and then I was like, oh, that's good. I'm going to get every- Everybody can pick their own number then. We'll do, th- we'll do it that way. So then I followed up and asked them what number they wanted. But I wanted to just go down the line, and we'll talk about why we, we picked the numbers that we picked. Yeah. Why so 80, why I, I was 81 when I played football. And I always liked that. So I thought I would hang in there with that. And Anthony, I appreciate you having Dan Marino's jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> that's not actually why I got it. Um, I was... I played everything but football, and so uh, the smaller guys usually got the lower number jerseys on that stuff, and nobody wanted to touch number 13. It's unlucky or whatever. So I was like, I'll be the, the counter guy. You know, luck doesn't matter to me. So it kind of became my number, and I'm the oldest of uh, four siblings, so all three of my sisters ended up taking number 13, so it kind of became our family oh. number. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so number three, I never played football either. This is the closest thing I've ever had to a football jersey, so I appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. My mom was a little bit protective, and so I wasn't allowed to uh, play football, um, and I grew up going to ACS, which some of you guys, I think, have gone there. Yeah, absolutely. So I played basketball there, and um, three was my number, or when three was taken, 33 was my number, and it just kind of stuck, so. Cool. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. All right, what? Huh? Oh, eight. I forgot about it. This is my high school football number. Uh, played four years of high school football, and, and eight was always my number, so that was, that was it. Were we all going to be eight? I was going to pick seven, because oh, okay. I, was a, I was a big John Elway fan growing up, and I wanted number seven, and number seven was taken, but number eight was available, and, and then it kind of stuck, because I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's kick things off, pun, pun intended. There you go. Yeah. So uh, Justin asked me if I would kind of uh, moderate a little bit, ask you guys some questions, maybe chime in a little bit with you. I want to ask the audience a question first, though. How many of you grew up and went to a Sunday school class? If you ever went to Sunday school, raise your hands. 
All right, so that was kind of the small group thing, wasn't it, many, many years ago before anybody heard of life groups or community groups or care groups? How many of you outside Sunday school have ever been in a community group, uh, but uh, church-related, a life group, a care group, community group? All right, uh, again, a lot of you. So uh, Justin has been talking to us about community, and I think... The statement he made a while ago is a great statement that we do better in circles than we do in rows, just purely from getting to know each other. So uh, talking to you guys a little bit, I I wonder, have you ever experienced, I I don't mean just saw it in someone else, but experienced in your own life something kind of cool that happened in community? What's one of the impact things that have happened in community that that you think about? Who who wants to throw it out there? I... Our groups like to do food. Like that's always, you, you circle up and food you might as well good. do something while you're circling up, right? So we tended <laughs> to do about once a month this uh, thing we always called family dinner. And we decided uh, one month to actually make it, uh, let's make it legitimately about our family. Go make a dish that's your cultural heritage, that type of thing. Really international flavor. And we sat around the table and we actually talked about the like the high points of our, our family lineage and the low points. So we talked about people who had immigrated, uh, you know, from over in Europe or people that, you know, have spent the majority of their life in jail and the, the ups and downs of the family really grew together as a group because we got to know about kind of what made them who they are. Cool. Rob? Can I do three things that are real quick? Real quick. All right. Sounds All right. good. So number one, I mean, I grew up going to small groups and then, and then leading in small groups. And um, so one of the first things is I, uh, Amy and I, my wife, did our first like ministry together um, on a consistent basis at a small group. And so that was a great opportunity for us to do ministry together. Um, also, it gave me an opportunity to learn how to lead. And so um, right away, uh, going, going from attending to learning some leadership skills and then applying those um, was invaluable to me. And then the other was when I first started learning how to play guitar and I knew three chords, it gave me an opportunity to be able to play with other people and to kind of hone those skills as well. And so invaluable to so me. So for, com- for you, community really helped get your gifts going and Absolutely. using gifts because a lot of times... We don't get to do that in just a big church body. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Justin, anything you want to share particularly on that? For us, my wife and I are married now 10 years, and about four years into our marriage, it, my wife's plan for babies was about you know a year to two years into marriage, and, um, and, and, and that didn't happen. It didn't happen the way that we thought it would happen. And um, we had gone through a lot of different things. People had told us, doctors had told us different things about the potential of us to be able to have a baby and how it might not happen and how... Even with her, because she's a diabetic, that, that even if she had a baby, that this doctor would not see us because just of, of, of the health, you know, um, just basically was discouraging to us. And, um, and so we, we saw different opportunities. We even had a, a friend of ours within uh, our church say, you know, we're willing to carry a baby for you. I mean, it was at that point. And, um, and we went and saw a doctor, and this doctor encouraged us to say, you know what, I'm not convinced that you, you can't. Um, so we went through a couple of different processes, but at the same time, we were in a small group that uh, was all about prayer, and uh, we got together, and, and it, that became the, the theme for us, was this, people were praying over us and praying for us that at some point, we would be able to be able to have a child, and, um, and I'm convinced as a result of our small group and the way that we learned how to pray for one another uh, and lift each other up, and, and how specifically people were really just praying and praying and praying for this one thing to happen, that, 
that we, we were able to have a, a child, and we, we actually have two kids now. So I believe that, that, was, a, that was an important time in our life, and, and I learned a lot about prayer, and, and I'm, it became very real to me through that yeah. process. So community's relational. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I want to share two quick ones, okay? Yeah. Uh, we host a community group right now for our other son-in-law's church, which we're finishing out with them so we can... You cheating on us? No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, that's what they're saying about me being here. <laughs> but we're finishing out that community group. Last uh, couple Sunday nights ago when we had our, our group, um, awesome little series we're doing together. And Pat Schneider, uh, I remember when Pat came to Christ probably about 10 years ago. And uh, ex-cop, cool guy, and uh, very vulnerably last week, because of relationship, he was able to say in front of all of us, Man, I need it tonight because I feel like I am just slipping in my faith and I'm struggling and uh, I needed this tonight and I really need y'all to pray for me. So it got some people around him to be able to say, hey, Pat, you know, all of us go through that. So that, that openness that way. The other night we sat and watched the Super Bowl and I sat on a stool next to Dave sitting out here. And in whatever was one half of the game, however long that was, we built a relationship together because we sat together and informally talked together and built relationally. We were here early for church today. Behind Dave is another David. And uh, he and I and Ralph sat together and we just talked, the three of us, in a circle for a few minutes. And I learned stuff about David that I didn't know that just opens up relationally. So community is about what happens to us relationally. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit further. Why is it important? Um, one of the things that I know, Justin, that you're hoping is that it would be awesome if all of us got into a community when this starts. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to be in community? Justin, why, why is it important to you that we be in community? I think that when we are a part of a community together, we, it's, I mean, what you just said, the idea that... Um, with um, the guy that was in that small group, that, that people can come alongside. You really start to learn more about what's going on in people's lives versus just the surface level, you know, hey, how's it going? Good, you know. But most of us, if we were to admit, we probably would say, you know, not every aspect of my life really is good. And um, we don't really feel comfortable sharing that with people just on a, hey, how's it going right here in the lobby or sitting next to each other in the rows. But when we start to build that relationship, we can be able to speak into different people's lives. We might be going, Rob and I might be going through something that's very, very similar that we're struggling with, but we both don't know. And there's been plenty of times in, when I've done these things before where uh, when a conversation starts to happen to say, hey, I'm struggling with it, this, and they're like, are you kidding? Me too. Like, you know, like, it's not awesome, but it's awesome to know that you're going through, I, like, I thought you had it all perfect. You know, I watch your Instagram and it looks like the most beautiful thing. Well, the Instagram is just, it's just, a, that's just like 1% of somebody's life. And um, there's a whole lot more behind that. That's just the highlight reel, you know? And so um, it's, it's connecting on a deeper level. And that, I think that all of us can really, um, can benefit from that. And I think that that's really when God really starts to speak into us, into each other's lives. Anthony, <clears throat> I think some people probably sit and they think, Gosh, man, that means I'm going to have to get in here and bear my soul to everybody. But the reality is people can be in a community group, and if, they don't, if they're not ready to 
drop their guard and share everything. Are they still comfortable there? Oh, absolutely. Sometimes the best people in a community group are the ones that just listen. Sometimes that's what people need more than anything else is not somebody who's just going to rattle on and on and on about all the great things that are going on or all the troubles or whatever. Sometimes people just need somebody that's willing to sit there and listen. And eventually you get to be a little bit more open, a little bit more comfortable, and you can share. So the best way that you can help other people open up is if you're willing to remove those masks and say, I'm really not okay. And then that person is kind of all closed in can say, oh, I'm okay with saying that too now. Yeah, there's a phrase that I like to use, and it's relational equity. Like, you start to build that up. Like, most people aren't just going to just blurt out that stuff, whatever it is, at any given point. But when you start to build up your relationship equity, uh, getting to know people and understanding what's going on in people's lives, uh, then you feel more comfortable to be able to share, and and it's not as awkward to even receive that from somebody because... And then there's been, I've even said to Rob, I've said to Anthony, too, I've said to, to my father-in-law, like, I want you guys to speak into my life. If you see something that is not right or good, like, we're at that point in our relationship where I've said that to all of you, where, like, tell me. I want to know. I don't want to just keep doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And, and I think to a certain point, everybody up here is, has been able to do that, where, you know, sometimes a lot of people love to give advice, you know, but I've asked for it, you know what I mean? And that's that relationship equity. <laughs> Rob, you talked about um, you used your gifts. Yeah. And I, I know um, in the Bible it talks about the fact that we all have been given different gifts that the Lord gives us and that they're to be used, not to be sat on. So uh, how, how would you begin developing some of those ideas of people using their gifts and stuff in a community and, and some of that? Well, just giving opportunity. So as we get to know one another, we can find out what people are interested in or what um, somebody is passionate about. And a lot of times people are passionate about something that is also tied to some fear. Like if I do this, then I'm going to fail. And it gives a safe environment to be able to, you know, if you do play guitar or if there's, you know, if you are great at cooking and you say, well, what can I give to the church? How can I be a part of this? And now, I mean, please come to our small group because if you're great at cooking, we would love to have you. And um, as a side note, if you're great at cooking, make sure to bring something really good next week to our tailgate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Little, absolutely. Side. Um, but it also gives you opportunity. I know that because I grew that way that I've been able to come alongside other people and be like, let's, let's, let, let me show you how to do this or let me give you that opportunity, walk with you. Because when you're walking alone, that can be scary as well. Yeah, a, a lot of times we as a, a church, we do a really good job of, if you've been through the next steps, you've heard us talk about it. We try to push the idea that everybody can be a leader. You've got these certain gifts. And then we say, great, we can help you identify them and go and do it. And that's really, really scary. So in a smaller group, a smaller intimate environment that you're, you're really comfortable with these people, you can kind of try those out uh, instead of just getting thrown to the wolves. It's the sheep kind of mixing with the sheep a little bit and getting comfortable with, okay, now I feel like I can step out into the world and actually use my gifts too. Yeah. You know, I think it's also important to understand that nobody was made to do life by themselves. Yeah. We're not supposed to do life alone. As a matter of fact... You may have gotten used to doing life alone, but you're missing out if you're doing life alone. Life's about relationships. Mm -hmm. Nobody's an island. And um, you can come to a community group, and that helps you get off the island. It helps you get around people. As Justin said, relationship equity. I've sat in community groups 
and listen to someone else what they're going through and listen to someone and give good sound counsel. And I never had to say I was going through it. Mm -hmm. But man, I took it home with me mm -hmm. and it helped me. And uh, so I don't want anybody to be intimidated about getting in a community group thinking it's a, you know, it's, you got to get up in front of everybody and tell us what you did wrong this week. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's nothing like that. And, and so many neat things come out of it. Um, you have three C's that go with yeah. community. And, and talk to the, the first one, I think, is connect. So you want to say, one of you want to say a word about when you think of connect, what that means? I think it's a lot of what we've kind of said. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of relational connecting that we do. Um, you mentioned the, the relational equity thing. Yeah. If you're not familiar with that term, because it's sometimes stuff that leadership people throw around. Um, we talked about the idea of this being like the piggy bank, that every time that you're investing in somebody, you're dropping those pennies in. And then when there's something you need to actually make a withdrawal, you can have to say those hard things. You're not pulling pennies out. You're pulling nickels and dimes out, right? <laughs> you got to have that that capital in the bank to be able to withdraw because if you're pulling from an empty piggy bank, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to receive it at all. Yeah. You know, um, Donna, uh, my wife's back there. You remember when we had Lenny LaFera had come to our church and Lenny and Marianne had just moved in the neighborhood. They came to our church up in Atlanta and we were in a small group and they had just kind of gotten in. I said, Lenny, what are you looking forward to here at the church? And he said, I'm looking forward to being able to say to someone, or to, to walk in and someone ask me the question, how are you? And that they'll wait long enough for me to tell them how I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's kind of true. We all have a tendency to say, how are you? But not because we want to hear how someone's doing. This is the place where you ask the question and you get to hear the answer. And that's what connecting is. It, it's getting in these groups and connecting together. Uh, the second part of this is change that we get together, we connect together, and then change begins to happen in our life. Um, change comes from what? what? Why would people begin to change in these groups? I think needs are shown. I mean, you know, when you're talking about connecting, um, we see one of the first small groups ever happen in Acts after the Holy Spirit moves. One of the very first things that happens is that people start to get together and you, it says that they were providing for each other's needs out of their excess. Well, how do you provide for someone else's need? You have to know that need. So there has to be that connection that's happening. Then when that need is being met, positive change is happening. Um, you're encouraged, maybe your outlook on life. Like you were saying before, you're hearing somebody else's advice on something. Your outlook, your perspective begins to change. And you see life in a more positive manner and you're able to move forward. And so, I, I mean, I just, I love the aspect of change. I love the fact that at Anchor Church, it's talked about as, you know, what is that statement again here? Uh, I don't know if I have it right there, but never stop improving. Never stop improving. I love that. It's so easy for us to just settle and to be okay. Um, but God meant for us to be the church that shines in this world to show other people how awesome he is. And so conversations allow us to become vulnerable. If I just meet Anthony for the first time, I'm not going to share much about myself. But the more I talk to him, the more open I'm going to be to share mm -hmm. the real stuff and uh, to get vulnerable. And change really doesn't come until we get to those places in our life and can share like that. Jesus said to his new converts, follow me. He didn't say to them, go change the world. He didn't just jump them day one and say, you're fully equipped, go do it. 
it, it's, it's a process. And as you come into a fellowship and you begin to get involved in community, life change. You know, Justin, you're doing an awesome job. I, I love hearing you speak. God's gifted you to speak. But the reality is more change will happen in our lives in community right. than just here on Sunday morning mm -hmm. because of the conversation. And, and so we connect, we change, and then the third thing it says we cultivate. What do we mean by cultivate, Jess? I just want to speak just real quick on the change, because you, you talked about Jesus yep. even approaching the disciples, and when he approached the disciples, we're talking about come and see. He gathered them. He brought them all together, mm -hmm. and then uh, the come and see went from come and see to come and die, right? Mm -hmm. And so, again, you know, even at the, the Last Supper, you know, Jesus said, basically, you know, drink my blood and eat my flesh. You know, for a lot of people, you know, you sit down in a small group for the first time and said, and you know, all right, hey, let's eat some, you know, let's eat some flesh and drink some blood real quick. You know, like, <laughs> the, like wait, what? Uh, you know, bearing your soul immediately. And that's not, that's not the process. The process is, it's a slow process. And, it, it, and I think about it, like this, I've heard it before, uh, like on a, on a cold morning when you get into the shower, right? Um, typically, you warm the shower up, you, you, know, you stick your hand in there to make sure that it's good, and, and you get in, and it may not be the hot that you want, but after a while, you, you, you slowly turn up the heat to the point where you enjoy that temperature. And that's kind of what Jesus does in our life. He systematically turns up the heat. When we look at the story of, of Peter, he was always challenging and and encouraging him to take that next step, to never stop improving, and from come and see to then take up your cross and follow me, there's a, there's a lot that has happened in between that. So, um, so there's a process, and that's yeah, and, kind of where that... Yeah, and we hopefully can model that yeah. in the groups, that, that the idea is not necessarily to have a Bible study, you invite your friends, and you get them saved the first week, but the term that I've heard a lot is um, people inevitably want to belong before they believe. Yeah. And so that's what we want to do is create the sense of belonging and then they can open their hearts to receive what it is we actually have to say. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, let's take just a second before we hit that last one on Cultivate. Let's talk about a community group, mm -hmm. what it might look like on a given evening. So um, you're going to host a community group at somebody's house. Uh, will we try to maybe... Do it by age groups to some degree. Kind of, how do you see some of that? I look at it kind of walk of life in a way, yeah, okay. and I think, but I think that it also can be, in a way, it can be mixed too. I mean, because yeah. sometimes if I've I've learned a lot from you just because of the wisdom that you have been able to pour into my well, life. We're and close it, in age. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's right there, you know. <laughs> so, um, so it, it just, I mean, really, it kind of just depends. But I do think that there is something to speak into as far as being able to. Uh, do life with people that are in the same walk of life, and I think that that helps a lot. So that we yeah. would encourage that, but um, and I think that that's that's when we would really experience life together better. You know, whether that be people that have kids that are around the same yeah. age, or that is people that don't have kids, or um, uh, young uh, young adults. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to kind of look at that, but I think there are there are, when we are paired together with people that are in the same walk of life that understand the same struggle, understand the same difficulties. Um, that helps, that, that, that fosters an opportunity for conversation or for relationship. Yeah, I, I think we're trying to do a, a both and, yeah. which is always a, a good solution, right? That we know people are inevitably going to kind of congregate in groups of, of like-minded and you know, like ages and stuff like that. But at the same time, we know if we want a multicultural, multi-generational church, our communities need to reflect that too. Um, that the the millennials really have a lot that that they can learn from the baby boomers and and vice versa. Even um, maybe just showing you how to use your your iPhone, whatever it is. But there's there's a little bit of give and take there. Tie pods, right? <laughs> right, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Thank you, by the way. I was, I was eating Tide Pods, you know, thinking that that's what I was supposed to be doing. But yeah. you, you very clearly yes, showed you. me that I was not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there, there's a little bit of, of both. We know people are going to kind of be drawn to, but we want to encourage people to actually don't necessarily force your group to be, hey, this is a 20, 20-somethings only group. You could learn a lot from somebody in their 40s and 50s, so invite them in as well. So let's get beyond age group. Let's get to an event. So we come to someone's home. Um, in our community group, I'll share our, our story. If, if any of you guys do something a little bit different, but if you were coming to our community group, we always start with having some appetizers, appetitos, you know, you got to have a little food there so everybody gets to come in, eat a little bit while everybody's getting together. Because as in difference between you guys and us guys, we're on time, you guys are always late. So, um, uh, you know, waiting for everybody to get together. And I host, so, so that's not usually a problem Okay, for me. well, okay, Justin, <laughs> let me just get right to Justin and Danil, okay? And so... <laughs> that's why we like to host as well, because we know that... You, you'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> you don't have to travel. <laughs> so uh, we get together and, and just kind of hang out for a little bit, which is some of the neat time. Uh, the last couple communities we've had, we've done a video, and uh, we did one of the book of James... We're just starting one called Grave Robber about the miracles of Christ that are, it's an incredible series. And that's usually about 12, 13 minutes. And then out of that, uh, we encourage everybody while that's going, take your iPhones out. And uh, if you got a question, put it down now so you'll know when we get there. And then when it's over, it's just talk time. So we talk about it and kind of talk about what we got out of it, how God blessed us through that. And uh, after we do that for a bit, we talk about things we want to pray about and care about together. We do that, and then we eat. Uh, and uh, let's see, we're hosting one tonight, right, Donna? I think it's soups and chili tonight. Last time was Italian. Everybody's invited. Yeah, and uh, so, um, and people hang out. As a matter of fact, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't like to hang out as long as everybody else does. And we're hosting it. So what I simply say is with the last one, just lock that door on your way out. You know, I go to bed. But, uh, but, but we, we hang out. At, and so that, that's how ours goes. Do, do you guys do something yeah, maybe a little different? That's or? the idea. The yeah. idea is that you know, we could get together whether food's involved or not. Um, that always helps. Um, but the idea is that anybody can be in a group, and it doesn't take much to also lead um, or we don't like to use the word lead, but, but uh, host and facilitate. Hosts uh, are the ones that have, have the, the group at their house or somewhere else, um, and they're the ones that are helping get people there and making sure who's there and who's coordinating this. And then the one that facilitates is the one that walks through basically a guide that is given. And uh, the video that you mentioned, you know, it's, it's led by somebody else, so there's really not a whole lot of prep to it because we're watching something that's on the screen. So really, if you can push play, then you're doing a really good job. Um, and, and that's really kind of it is. And just let the, uh, the study kind of speak into everybody's life and then, and then discuss it. I mean, that's, that's really kind of the idea that, um, that it's really simple. It's, it's not a stressful thing and, um, and that we can, we can celebrate it together. What do you think um, is easier, to get someone to come to church service or maybe get someone to come to community? And that's leading into Cultivate for sure. Okay. But it's, it's, easy, it's easier, I believe, to get somebody to come to a house. I mean, for... For a lot of people. I mean, I don't know, Rob. If yeah, I think a lot of times it is. It just kind of depends on what their outlook on church is. I know a lot of people who've been hurt by the church in the past, and so they don't really want to come. They don't feel safe, but they'll come to an event. I hear that all the time. And, and so uh, coming to a house feels a little bit safer. There's food. 
you know, and you don't have to talk if you don't want to. And, um, and there's relationships. And so it's just, you love that. It's easy to come to a church and sneak in, hear the message, sneak out, and, and not really talk to anybody. And um, so this, this does create that safe space where you get to know people. It's not just about, you know, whatever the message is. It's, it, it can be a, a lot of different things. And so it's kind of fluid. And so I think for that reason, it's a lot easier to invite people, whoever, uh, to come to your house. or yeah. yeah. I think it can go both ways, just like you said. Um, but I do know people that have been in communities for years and still haven't gotten into a church. But because they love the community so much, and, and I think some people would say, oh, that's no good. But reality is they're involved relationally, and at some point they, they see a bigger picture. Um, community is to cultivate people's lives. What does that mean? Anthony, you want to speak into that? Sure. Yeah, um, we, we like the term cultivate. It's the idea of, of tending a, a garden, right? Uh, you said that if you ever wrote a book, it would be what? Picking weeds and talking to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it, it works here. But it's the idea of um, there's a process here. You're, you're planting, you're watering, you're pulling weeds. Uh, so sometimes you have the car- hard conversation. Sometimes you're just putting a little seed in somebody's heart. There's a lot of things that goes on. Um, but it's all for the good of the garden, and it's all for the, uh, the good of the plants that are, that are in the garden. So we like the idea of the, the term cultivate for that reason. Yeah, I think that um, if, if people could understand in a community relationally with each other, and then as that community makes commitments to things the church is doing together, they're more apt to become involved and doing those things together, there's a dynamic there. Yeah, there's an, the idea that it's inclusive, that yeah. people can be a part. We're welcoming people to be a part of this. And so it doesn't just have to be people that are here on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's people that are in our communities. There are people in our neighbors, their neighborhoods. There are people that we, have, that we go to work with. Again, going to the idea that they potentially would be more um, welcome or feel more welcome at, in a home. But it's the idea, too, that it's inclusive, but then we can go also go outward. And so one thing that we want to encourage people to do is, is to, to do things within the community together, whether that's building a relationship together. You guys, everybody goes to the top golf together, or you go to um, a place like Orlando Children's Church, which is right here on a Saturday morning, and they serve and, and just love on kids on a Saturday morning together. Or Kenya with World Hope. Yeah, yeah or Kenya. And, and truthfully, I was going to say this earlier, some of the, the best small groups that I've been a part of are, are going on mission trips. Sometimes you think that I'm going to make the world of a difference over there, but what happens is the world of a difference happens within, and that allows you to come back and, and make that world of a difference at your you know in your yeah. communities. And so... And, and there's, there are, I can think of multiple people that I've been on trips with that I got to know them, I got to know what was going on in their life, and I literally have never seen them since, but um, you got to really know what was happening in people's lives because you're, 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 you're doing a life experience with somebody, and so it makes, it makes a, big, um, a, a big difference in, in their lives. The people that come in this church <clears throat> for the first time, they park, they come in, we welcome them. We say, it's great to have you here. They come in. We mean it. We shake their hand. If we can, we give them a hug, and they leave. <clears throat> but because they haven't really built relationships, there's a question of whether they're going to keep hanging in there. And our church doesn't get stronger because of that. But if we get involved in community and we build relationships with each other, there's a loyalty to that. Right. There's a loyalty to these are my people. 
and and that's how this church is going to become. Um, the fabric of the church is going to get stronger. The mosaic that's coming together is going to get stronger. We can all be different. We can all have our uniqueness, but we, we've decided to be unique and different together. Community is what gives us that together, right? And it gives yeah. us the opportunity, Romans 12. I mean, the idea of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. it, you know, as far as the, the talents and the gifts that we all can bring to the table, we all are different. We all have different things. We all have different um, attributes. But when we come together for the cause of Christ, the unity is, is unlike anything else that we see in this world. And so I know you want to speak into that a little bit, I think. Well, yeah, because we're talking, a lot of times when people say, well, I can be a Christian if I just do this by my, myself. And, and the reality is, is that not only as an individual are you stronger in community, um, growing in Christ, cultivating that relationship, but we are stronger. And so the church is actually weaker if you're not a part of it. We, we need you. That's the body, right? Have you ever had a body part not work right? You get out of bed and your legs aren't working right? You notice it. The rest of your body feels it, right? And, and so the reality is every single person that is brought to this church is needed. And you have something that you have to offer, something that's valuable. And a lot of times in small groups, those things are, are discovered and, and, and you can use, use those things in They're small groups as well. Time, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, something I heard years ago and always stuck with me is the, uh, the idea that you can't one another yourself. And so I went and looked. I, I found... Say, uh, I'm sorry, what? You can't one another yourself. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but... I went and looked this up in the New Testament, this idea of, you know, love one another, forgive one another, bear with one another, and, mm-hmm. and found there's at least 52 times in the New Testament this command, usually by Paul, to do these things with one another. Uh, and I thought, man, if, if that's really the case, then, then we're really failing it at the largest chunk of what we're told to do as believers if we're doing it on our own. Mm-hmm. And because we weren't meant to do this alone, right? Mm-hmm. And everything is not only easier, but it's better together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like I, I should say this again. I think there's some people that will have a reservation to be in a community group because they think if they come to community group, they got to get it all together. Um, nobody in community group has it all together because none of us have it all together. We're not perfect. Right? And so I have been in community groups where I've been at the lowest point of my life spiritually, and nobody called me out but I was loved, okay? We have a couple that have been in our community group for a couple of years, lived together, not married. Nobody's ever called them out. Uh, Last week, they got engaged, and we're going to celebrate that. But I just want you to know, community group is for where you are at this time in your life right now, no matter where it is. Yep. And you should not feel fear to be in a community group because you think your life doesn't measure up. None of us measure up short of Christ. And community group is not a place to uh, introspect each other. We're we're not fruit inspectors. It's a place to come and be loved and to care for one another and receive the love and fellowship that we get because of what Christ has done in our life. And we can be then a little more vulnerable and a little more open, and a few more things will happen in our life. And if we can do that, I think community can be incredible. The greatest impact the world's ever known was the new church. And uh, it was a small group that Jesus had. 
And he took those 12 and he poured into them relationally. They had community. And um, out of that, that's really how the new church looked. Mm -hmm. It was small communities. But man, those small communities took it seriously and they impacted in such a way that we have that church today. Yeah. And that's what we get to be a part of. So community is important. Thanks. That's great. Yeah, it changed the world for sure. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.